The President has been a massive supporter of, of this event all through his first term. But I'd like you to give you a, a huge round of applause and welcome to give us the opening address for the first time of his second term, Uchtaran Heron, President Michael D. Higgins. So may I begin by thanking Shea Walsh of BT Ireland and all of the team on Furner Fad who put so much effort into this year's event as they do every year and also to thank the RTS for their kind hospitality. And I'm sure you will all want me as well to send a very special message uh, to Dr. Tony Scott, founder of the Young Scientist Competition Exhibition, uh, who can't be with us just for the first time in a very long time. So, Ganairalatis Barbanacht. Nakinta Kandeshata and Galeer, Tusa Karlish and Blinua, Lishan Geluri Iantaknu, and Nualiatus at Krayak Seranik Oganeherin. Seronic a vet for Tunker of Aka, Er Kai John or Sockis Nishliches Tavati Diarafak, Agus Maratam Limeshu and Blinsha, Fear Pranak. It is always such a great pleasure to be able to mark the beginning of the year with this great celebration of innovation and creativity by young Irish citizens who have both the potential, and I know from talking to them over recent times, their responsibility to make such a positive impact on the quality of our society, not just for their generation, but for generations to come. And when I look at the list of the 550 exhibits here in the RDS, put forward by 1,134 projects from 246 schools, involving over 3,000 of your good selves. I'm ever more convinced in my belief that we in Ireland are so gifted to have so many young people in this country who promise, give us the prospect of becoming problem solvers, critical thinkers, and persistent learners. Citizens of the future that are so essential to the crafting of a shared and better future for all who share this fragile planet. Between you, you have produced a vast body of impressive work, so much of which deserves to be considered at the highest level as a contribution to the urgent measures that we must take together if we are to solve some of the world's most pertinent problems, which are now at a point of emergent crisis. One of my predecessors as President of Ireland has so dramatically in her book stressed this. It is a crisis that none of us can afford to ignore, not as I have said only for our own sakes, but for the sake of the very existence of the planet itself. No responsible people, nation, community, or body of citizens can afford any longer to ignore or delay environmental issues Issues of growing inequality as well, obdurate global poverty, gender discrimination. And yes, as you hear them, you'll have often heard me say that these are issues of justice. But at a most practical level, seeking their resolution is absolutely necessary now all over the planet as a basis for social cohesion. 
a social cohesion which is getting more fragile at every level of every society in every continent. Addressing climate change, sustainability, global hunger, poverty, defining inequality, gender violence. They are all, of course, part of the Sustainable Development Goals agreed in 2015. And they're the very best contribution to global peace and social cohesion, international respect, and real diplomacy. It is they that will give us security, rather than building up armaments and going into the disastrous competition of an arms race again. And that is why I hope that all of the creativity which you have put on display at, your, at this exhibition will find its way to where it is most needed. Like you have, you know, you know better than I that to have the instinct of curiosity is a great gift. That's what shows in the exhibits. And to be in an environment then where it is encouraged is a further fantastic opportunity. So I say as President of Ireland, we are all indebted to your parents and teachers who encourage you. And what they've done is an act of sharing. To have the ability, to have the atmosphere, to have the capacity, to make a new discovery, is a these are magnificent achievements. But the highest achievement is in the making possible of the sharing of that discovery. And our world has missed so many opportunities to capture on behalf of all humanity and the world some of the best achievements of intellectual, scientific, and technological capacity by those who are willing to see the benefit of it being shared by those who are willing, we have paid such a high ecological price for this that these advances have not lodged where they are most needed. That is why the very best use of your achievements will come when they are shared. They will achieve their best result when they are lodged, for example, among those people least responsible, but who are bearing the brunt of the consequences of climate change. And of course, these are the people we must resource if we are to achieve sustainability. Your work, I hope, will know no borders, and the greatest fulfillment I suggest for you yourself will be when you experience that feeling of having shared something valuable that will come to you from those to whom you offer your work. <laughs> You may need to break new ground to achieve this, but that is what is necessary now if we are to reintegrate ecology, economy, culture, and society. And I trust you to do that. You will need courage and patience to turn the application of science and technology around so as to achieve the re reconnection of scholarship, stop the fragmentation of our world and our thought. And what you're engaged in here today, and the hard work and effort that has brought you here, is thus of the greatest importance. And as we engage with the global issues that you have heard me mention, such as climate change, sustainability, food security, young citizens such as yourselves are obviously scientifically literate 
But it is even more important as seeking to devise creative solutions to the challenges of life near to us and those at a great distance from us. And you have such an important role to play. But if we're to achieve that transformation that is now urgent, we need the involvement of young citizens to remain curious, constantly seeking solutions to questions that they insist on keeping open. And it is that that offers us a source of great hope for the creation of a better world. Our new efforts, among others, we are relying for the better world, a world that must be changed from its present destructive tendencies. Just think of it. A planet 4.5 or 6 billion years old, put at risk by policies that are only 250 years old. This is why we must change, and we can change. Our world can be changed, and you must always remember that. There are no inevitabilities about destructive paths in any area of life, science, economy, or society. And the challenge is to make the change accountable, inclusive, and responsive to the needs and hopes of future generations. And thus it's uplifting to see among the projects that you have on display, many that highlight the questions that we as a society need to discuss and in which we must engage but also, and it's all magic to me, the possibilities, the things that you've seen in what you have put on display that we missed. And I think that's a reminder of how important and influential a discipline science is, of the pivotal role it has played. And yes, you've heard me say it before, science and technology have been abused, and they are abused in the service of war. But we have the capacity to transform the applications of science and technology and to enable them to play their part in the great concerns of humanity in our time, to use their potential to make the greatest contribution yet to help achieve sustainability for our world. And I must say as President of Ireland as well, wouldn't it be a very good idea, and I say in the presence of ambassadors, if your innovations and creativity were brought by NGOs and assisted by the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade to where they can be best applied. What a wonderful contribution that would be as a part of Irish international policy. And how valuable it would be to the, any government and to the Irish government and to its development theorists and practitioners. So, Maris Rodatotovatok, no, Glacolesh, Gonimoto in Galeir, a Vepochak Snehachretochastol. The transformations require all of us to be involved. And it's interesting that of the 550 projects that are put forward here, 88 are exploring climate change and environmental issues, examining the threat to the environment posed by habitat loss the human activities that led to heavy, harmful levels of heavy metal accumulating in our soil and water, the ways we can reduce the amount of plastic waste we produce every year, and many, many other questions. And if we are to respond effectively to global warming and the many threats and challenges it poses to our contemporary world, these are real contributions we must share. And many of you are already doing that, you're underway. You've investigated the potential of new technologies and how they can be used in ways that are ethical and moral, or have looked at societal issues in new and innovative ways. 
Yes, I have opened this exhibition over a number of years. And what's really good is to see how, in fact, it is getting more inclusive every year. I think that there is no doubt whatsoever that this year's imaginative and detailed projects, they're encouraging us to look again at the world around us and that the boundaries of scientific discovery will be pushed out. And they're getting so inclusive, as I have said, which is bridging the gap between science and society. So it's mean Lamaroke co spragulis atoshe, co social to severe ecole mask nedinioka. The projects ask us not just to address scientific issues, but to see those issues as part of living contemporary social issues. Many projects, the investigation issues, something that's very important, the unconscious bias in research and in policy, the issues raised by, for example, recent cervical cancer screening, the impact of social media. Remember in the very first speech I gave, I quoted Raymond Williams and I said, the issue is to be the arrow, not the target. And those issues are surfacing in the projects dealing with the future of social media. I think, as always, the event underlines how Irish creativity, Crohiocht, can yield rich results across all areas of life and scholarship. Now, we can see this rather easily over the years in the arts, but Crohiocht, creativity, the openness to serendipitous finding, they've had a significant impact on the world of science and in the shaping of the technological age we are in today. As a nation, maybe we should take more pride in our scientists, mention them more, because after all, they're associated with so many foundational scientific advancements. Boyle's law, Bell's theorem, seismology, the splitting of the atom, the development of fiber optics for communication, and most recently, the wonderful Donegal-born William C. Campbell, who brought honor to Ireland when he shared the 2015 Nobel Prize in Physiology Medicine for his groundbreaking research on therapies against infections caused by roundworm parasites. And what's so important, Professor Campbell is an example as a world-class scientist committed to sharing his work and insisting on having it delivered where it will have the greatest effect by those affected. That record of original thinking and creative achievement is a wonderful intellectual resource on which we can build, but we must never forget we are a nation on a planet connected to an interconnected world. And thus, how often have you heard globalization presented as something like the weather, as if it can't be understood? But we must ask the question, what is the form of globalization that might meet the ethical needs of our planet. Surely it must meet the requirements of transparency, inclusion, diversity, sustainability. It is still there for the achieving, and our existing destructive globalization, unaccountable, all the negatives of what I have just said, can and must be transformed in a sustainable and ethical way. And that will introduce a debate on what we do bring into being, for example, can we build a green gendered social economy as well as reducing or even ceasing some existing practices? There are things we have to stop doing, but there are new things we must do. 
We in Ireland have a singular demographic advantage, as you are evidencing today in the talents and spirit of creativity of a highly educated young population. It is uplifting to see so many of you prepared to harness that talent, not only to a strong work ethic and a commitment to being the very best you can possibly be, but in your willingness to share the achievement with others. I think that the more people to whom you give your life, the greater harmony you will achieve for yourself and others. And it is interesting to note once again that although in STEM industries in Ireland, 25% of the scientists are women, yet 55% of the participants in the competitions here this year are female. And that continues a pattern that has been noticeable in the Young Scientist exhibition in recent years. And it is true for the 12th year in a row. The number of female entrants has been greater than the number of males. Now, yes, indeed. Give a well, <laughs> Now, uh, while it is still a cause for concern that society is being denied, the intellectual contribution of so many who could be but are not represented in the world of science as it is applied, many of the obstacles that once stood between women and the pursuit of a scientific career have been removed in recent decades. Yes, that is a welcome development, but barriers remain. More and more women are now playing a leading role in scientific research and in industry. But it is important that we commit to make every effort to ensure that even more is done in the life-work balance of us all and the definition of work itself, so as to enable even greater access and participation by women at all levels of science. And I didn't say it's the women who have to work at the life-work balance. It is that all of us, so as to make the participation possible. So may I say to our female participants today that you are important role models for future students. And I thank you as president for the example you offer. But as to the work-life balance, it should never be that you have to put the corporation before your life. Rather, it is the case that in the future we will see that the corporation of the future must choose to allow the contribution that is in the female genius of the world to flourish. It is to society, after all, that the greatest contribution is best given. So things will change. And I was struck by those projects that address economic issues. In the, it is in the area of the transition from theory to policy and economic theory and policy that the source of some of our greatest difficulties lie. Too many of the citizens all over the world are being told that there is, they can have no influence on decisions that impact on their life. And the way we teach economics is important. The importance of making clear to publics in the wider sense, the assumptions on which policy is based, in a it is a democratic issue for our time. If we are to have social cohesion, we must have that participation in understanding in the journey from economic assumptions to theory, to practice, to policy. And in the same way, as we are all benefiting like you now, 
from the raising of consciousness of ecological issues. We must develop an economic literacy among the public and a responsibility among theorists to declare their assumptions, the assumptions which they are offering for policies which they're offering to governments. We must resist the fallacy of offering or accepting false inevitabilities. And I find it very significant that what is acknowledged now in our neighboring island and ourselves as two of the most valuable recent contributions in economics have come from two women who I believe have made an enormous contribution towards discerning the direction in which we might best go to achieve a balance between ecology, ethics, society, and gender. And those teachers who are present, you will not mind if I make a recommendation. I do have a life as a teacher in the past. I refer to Mariana Mazzucato and Sylvia Walby, students interested in gendered social economics, the future. They will, in fact, gain from Mariana Mazzucato's The Value of Everything, or for Sylvia Walby's wonderful book, Crisis, valuable recent contributions. I taught sociology and political theory for many years, but I have to say, I recognize the importance of those scholars making their contribution just now. There is nothing inevitable about models in economics or social policy that are failed. They can be understood, replaced, and alternatives brought into being. And it is when work like theirs that I mention becomes mainstream, when it is taught in the curriculum, that's when our best hopes are fortified. Having made my pitch for that now, because we have to get the economics right, as well as the environment, I want to thank all of our participants today who have worked with such commitment to develop new ideas, new questions, engage in wondrous exploration, the destination not always known. It's a great thing to be able to say, what was that contraption for? A great word, contraption, which we just use in Clare all the time. I think as well that you have the potential to create that better, fairer world, to enable all these children to happen, these possibilities, in alternative visions of what a society can be, and bring it into being. And I know from coming over the years and listening to you that you are generous too in your recognition of those who went before you in more difficult circumstances. And I take the opportunity again to pay tribute to your schools and your teachers. So many of you teachers, if they were interested only in personal gain, could be doing something other than teaching. But they're doing the most important thing. And as president, I recognize that. And pa your parents, year after year, it is their encouragement, support, practical assistance that enables the bringing together of this great display every year of scientific wonder. So I commend them in particular for encouraging their students to undertake what is valuable extracurricular work, nurturing and valuing that which cannot always be measured by examination results or the accumulation of points, the development of the reflective and critical curiosities that are so essential to active citizenship. And there is no more important lesson to be taken from schools and education than the importance of being unafraid to question 
the kind of world we inhabit, to open our minds to that which is new and different, and derive joy from it together. I also commend, and they are so important, all those communities and parents who've supported you and who are, I've no doubt, I've no doubt they are rightly proud that you are here. So, my father said, I'm going to go to the house and I'm going to go to the house. I'm going to go to the house and I'm going to go to the house. I just so want to wish all of our participants every success in the future, a future in which I hope they will continue to aspire to a fully conscious, critically aware and engaged life with joy and to retain that valuable capacity to not only imagine, but to realize for all those to come a sustainable, just world. Mila Buikas Thank you.